Welcome to A Legacy of Generosity, a podcast produced by the Leave a Legacy Committee of the Minnesota Gift Planning Association. You'll hear lessons learned, trends, and best practices from experienced gift planning professionals to help you succeed in increasing legacy gifts for your organization. We are grateful to our sponsors, the Minnesota Initiative Foundations. To learn more about the work they do, visit greaterminnesota.net. Now, here are your hosts. So welcome to today's show. Your hosts today are Mark Benkin. Hello, everyone. And I'm Carl Newbanks, and we're excited to be here today with our guest, Brenda Moore. Brenda is president at Brenda Moore & Associates, LLC, where she works primarily with faith-based organizations to meet their fundraising goals. Legacy giving can be a low-cost investment for a nonprofit that can yield a high-impact share of the current wealth transfer for that nonprofit. So we're going to visit with Brenda today about some time-tested tips and best practices on how to kick off your 2021 right by starting with a solid plan. Brenda, it's really good to have you with us today as our guest. And before we get started, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your experiences in philanthropy? Thanks, Carl and Mark. I am so honored to be asked to be with you today. Uh, I am one of those truly rare birds who got into the world of philanthropy and nonprofits right out of college, where um, I was just totally inspired by several experiences that I'd had with some of the legacy donors at my alma mater, Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota. And so I spent the first 18 years kind of growing through the professional learning curve um, until I landed my dream job as vice president for advancement at Gustavus Adolphus College in St. Peter. And it was during those seven years that I met my husband and we started our family through the gift of adoption. And then I began what would be uh, a long journey of accompanying my dad through uh, a cancer diagnosis. And all of those life turning points really attuned me all the more to this notion of legacy. And, and for me personally, it was about passing on a legacy of faith to the next generation. And that really became job number one for me then at that time. So in this third third of my vocation, I've been focusing heavily on legacy giving through my consulting practice and have been working especially with the leaders of small and mid-sized organizations who struggle to find ways to integrate this work into their other fundraising work. Brenda, why do nonprofit leaders need to be intentional about planning for legacy giving in the new year? Well, there's an easy answer to that one, Mark. Um, we as nonprofit leaders just have to be intentional about planning for legacy giving in 2021 because our donors are going to be focusing on their financial planning, their estate planning, and hopefully their gift planning, right? Um, and they're going to be doing that with the kind of intensity that we don't typically see every year. Uh, we know that the pandemic and its repercussions have been a triggering event for people to get their financial house in order. 
we know that um, new tax laws and transitions in Washington often send people to their advisors. And then we continue to see Americans updating and completing their wills in record numbers. So if we're going to be truly donor-centric in our work, then we need to plan to accompany them in their planning process, right? Right, absolutely. Absolutely. Brenda, talk to us about who should be getting serious about this planning work. I mean, clearly, plan-giving professionals should be charting a course for 2021, but are there others who need a legacy-giving plan? Carl, I'm one of those people who really does believe that no organization is too small to do legacy giving work. For for way too long, nonprofit leaders have assumed that planned giving work is only possible at the level of the major institution. And so the majority of nonprofits that are in fact small and mid-sized organizations have have too often been too intimidated to even take on this work. So they haven't experienced the same kind of transformational benefits of legacy gifts that, that have, we've seen in higher education and healthcare and other large organizations that have been doing planned giving work for a long time now. And then especially now during these times of crisis, it's the organizations that do have the more diverse revenue streams because of planned gifts that are surviving and even thriving, many of them. So in my opinion, Carl, I I believe every nonprofit leader needs to be doing some degree of planning for legacy work in the new year. Excellent advice. Uh, So Brenda, let's say I'm the leader of that nonprofit and that, that my organization hasn't even considered a legacy giving program in the past. Maybe I'm the executive director of a small community-based organization and fundraising is only one part of my role. If there were just three things that I should be planning to do in 2021 that would move legacy giving forward, what would those be? Mark, I think the first thing you would need to do is just let your donors know that you're eager and ready to receive these gifts. You know, a lot of times organizations don't even tell people um, that they can receive a, a planned gift or an estate gift. And so you have to just start by publicly inviting them. Um, quite a few years ago now, when I attended a Minnesota Plan Giving Council meeting, uh, there was some marketing research that was presented at that meeting, and it identified um, a simple ad that when used repeatedly and consistently was identified as the number one trigger that caused a donor to take action on a charitable gift plan. And ever since that um, MPGC meeting, I have um, recommended to my clients to make consistent use of of this ad. And in fact, um, it's proven to be their number one trigger for donors as well over the years. And this is so simple. The headline is simply, have you remembered XYZ organization in your will? And then the body says, when you make or revise your will or trust, or review your life insurance contracts or retirement funds, please consider naming XYZ as one of your beneficiaries. The use of the following language will ensure that your gift is directed appropriately. And then it states the legal language 
to be used for your organization. And it surprises me how many times people leave that out of their communications. And the whole intent of this ad is just to, to keep it ever present at the back of somebody's mind so that when there is some triggering event, um, and it is time to go to the financial planner or the attorney, that now you can pull that from the back of your mind to the front of your mind, and a gift is more likely to occur. So first things first, help your donors know that you can receive these gifts. And something as simple as this ad that you can use over and over and over again is, is really proven to be very effective. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would do is find a friend, <laughs> find a planned giving friend or a mentor who does this work. And maybe it is through Leave a Legacy Minnesota or the Minnesota Plan Giving Council or through your favorite um, higher educational institution. But find a friend. Um, go out on a limb and ask somebody to be your planned giving mentor. Start having that Zoom coffee together. And the primary thing you want to learn from them is how to identify the best planned giving prospect uh, prospects in your organization and how to start a simple planned giving conversation with them. Um, that's what you that's what you want from your mentor. And believe it or not, most of us will give that advice for a good cup of coffee or even um, uh, an, an occasional other surprise. Um, and then the third thing that I would do if I were this leader is uh, identify the top 10 the top 12 most loyal donors in your organization. And, and I'd set a goal to have just one conversation a month uh, during 2021 where I would ask this simple question. And the question is this, and there are several ways of getting to it, but fundamentally the question is this. John, Betty, have you considered including this organization in your will? Sometimes it goes like this, John, Betty, I know because of your loyalty that you care very deeply about this organization. Have you ever thought about including this organization in your will? If you can learn to just spit those words out of your mouth, <laughs> um, you'll be off to the races. So the three things would be just um, use something simple like that ad to get the word out, find a friend or a mentor, and, and um, get ready to start practicing that question. Because if you can ask that question and be a great listener, you can have planned giving conversations. Thanks, Brenda. That is really, really great advice. And I, I'm just thinking about an organization maybe one level higher than that. So an organization that has a small fundraising staff, but isn't in a position to dedicate someone full time to gift planning. What advice would you give to that organization as they think about legacy giving in the new year? I'm not one who's ever believed in reinventing wheels. Um, I've always been one who thinks that all of the facets of good development work and good development relationships incorporate the whole com conversation about um, planning and gift planning. So I, I encourage organizations to just look for every opportunity to integrate legacy giving into just about every facet of your development program. It's just getting into the habit of asking the legacy giving planning questions 
along with all your other planning questions. So uh, I'll give you an example of how this is happening with one of my clients, um, Minnehaha Academy. What an amazing organization, an amazing school. Uh, so, so we've begun to just simply integrate legacy giving at every level. So for example, um, there is a new strategic planning process at the board table. Part of that process will be setting institutional priorities for primarily endowment growth, which will be fueled largely by legacy giving. And then of course they have a marketing team that develops a year round communications plan and so the goal there is to integrate legacy giving stories and messages into that year-round plan that's basically already in place. Uh, they have an alumni director who is beginning a reunion giving plan. And so we're working together to figure out how to introduce legacy giving as a part of the reunion giving plan. Um, the advancement services manager is the person who works with the identification of their prospects. So we learn how to identify the most likely plan giving prospects and that's built into her overall plan. The annual fund director integrates some plan giving components into some direct mail segments. And then probably most purposefully is um, the, the moves management work uh, with, which involves the president and the vice president, the director of development, and how to integrate um, legacy giving conversations into all of their other donor conversations. So um, I don't believe there's any need to set up some sort of separate silo for legacy giving work. Um, there can be planned integration into virtually every part of your development program during the coming year. And actually, this is a great time to begin this process. Well, it's still impossible to be out seeing people, right? But there's also some room to do this kind of planning in the lives of your development team members. And then, of course, if, if this is just a little too much to figure out on your own, why there are lots of people like me who will be happy to walk alongside you. So to me, it's integration in the small shop. So, Brenda, let's talk about, you know, those larger organizations who are fortunate enough to have dedicated legacy gift planners. How should they be thinking about their plans for 2021? Well, um, if you're in a larger organization, then you're probably able to focus your work on a really healthy portfolio of prospects that you have, and you're probably continuously evaluating your plans and your strategies for those prospects. That becomes a, a very continuous um, effort on a gift planner's part. But... Um, you know, I've been, th I've been thinking about somebody in those shoes a lot lately, and I've actually had a few really good conversations with um, friends who are full-time gift planners. And I've been telling them that if I were them, I would work most closely this year, or plan to work most closely with three different types of people, and now especially in these earliest months of the year. And I've been using these words. I have been saying I would be developing my plans around the accelerators, the procrastinators, and the preservers. So let's talk first about the people that I see as accelerators. And I'm just curious, did either one of you have the chance to see one of the headlines in today's Star Tribune 
about Mackenzie Scott. She's Jeff Bezos's former former wife. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but um, the, the trip. Yet. Okay, well, wa- this is a great great article. Take take a, uh, the time to look for it. So she just gave twenty five million to six Minnesota nonprofits. And my guess is that you would know about this if you were one of those six nonprofits. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm assuming you, you guys didn't hit the jackpot, all right? Um, but six Minnesota nonprofits, $25 million, and she did this as a part of $4.1 billion that she's given over the past four months. And, um, and the, the newspaper article said that in her online statement, she wanted to, and I quote, accelerate her philanthropy in 2021 to help people affected by the economic crisis. And so you'll see that she was incredibly strategic about these six Minnesota nonprofits. Now, most of us do not have Mackenzie Scott on our prospect list, right? Right. (laughs) But, But we do have people who really want to do something now in order to make a difference. They feel a sense of personal urgency that that need to give is just overwhelming right now. We have those people on our lists. And in fact, many of them have already set up planned gifts through our organizations. Now, let's just be honest with ourselves here for a minute and say that when we have worked really hard to establish a testamentary gift and get it into our expectancies pipeline, we might be tempted to want to leave it there. However, um, what could possibly bring us more joy than helping one of our planned gift donors know the joy of accelerating that gift and helping them give at least part of it during their life? Um, I think the possibilities for helping some of our planned giving donors make those gifts now and meet their need to give now will not only benefit our organizations now, but I do believe there will still be plenty left over for those future testamentary gifts. So even if I only do planned giving work, I would spend time, I would include in my plans, a very honest look at the people who might be ready to accelerate those planned gifts or any portion of those planned gifts and make them now so they can make their difference now. So accelerators, then there are procrastinators and we all have these people on our list as well. These are the people you have been trying to see for years and they keep putting you off. Um, And you've been trying to date them for years and they won't bite. Um, There was another article, it was a commentary in yesterday's paper, uh, and maybe you caught this one. It was entitled, um, Don't Forget, Some People Actually Had a Good Year. I don't know if you saw that one or not, but mm-hmm. it talks about, okay, so it talks about how um, Minnesota's professional class in particular is doing better than ever. And, and the author actually said, much of America's professional class has quietly if not a bit guiltily, been doing just fine. And I've had these kinds of conversations with many a donor recently as well. Um, These people have more accumulated assets than they've never had. Thank you, stock market. 
and and they finally have some time to give their planning some attention, particularly while they write out this kind of last phase of, of working from home. So I would say that if you've kind of given up trying to meet with some of these procrastinators, that they have the incentive and the time and maybe even a twinge of, of charitable guilt <laughs> to be willing to work with you now. So, so to me, procrastinators are also really important to kind of move back up onto your list. If you've got them in the cold pile, move them back up, at least for another attempt. And then finally, I would say the third group would be what I call the preservers. And, you know, these are the people who have been incredibly loyal to your organization um, but maybe they do feel financially uh, financially vulnerable right now. I've talked to plenty of these people too. Um, some of them are helping an unemployed child support their family. They've picked up um, the, um, the payments for um, private school or for the college education because things with their kids and their employment have gone south. Um, they can't make the large current gifts that they might have otherwise considered making, but they can realize their charitable dream with a planned gift, right? And a gift planner can help them achieve that. So I would say your plan, if you are a gift planner for 2021, should refocus on the accelerators, the procrastinators, and the preservers. You know, Brenda, one of the things that's unique about the Leave a Legacy movement is its intentional inclusion of professional advisors. So if I'm an estate planning attorney or a financial planner with an orientation towards charitable giving, how should I be looking at 2021? Mm, yeah. Well, my hope is that uh, if you're a professional advisor, my hope is that you are overwhelmed by your client demand and that it is a very good year for you. Uh, my hope is that you've got all kinds of clients adjusting their plans who have charitable intent. And my hope is that um, if charitable intent and charitable planning is really not in your wheelhouse, um, or if time is an issue, this is the perfect opportunity for you to refer um, uh, pieces of that planning process for your client to someone else who they could trust like a charitable gift planner. So if you discover that they've got a person like that in their life, this is a perfect opportunity for you as a professional advisor to say, um, Betty, I know you have a relationship with, with Mark at Augsburg. Would this be a good opportunity to bring Mark into the conversation so that he could help you get your gift plan down the road and then we could reconvene and see about the best way of getting that into your will? So that's one of the things that I think you could do. The other thing is that, you know, if you don't have the volume coming through your door right now as um, an advisor, then this is the perfect time to meet some gift planners because believe it or not, um, we refer people to you as advisors over and over and over again. And so if, if you've got time on your hands, this is a great time to start that networking with people who are uh, potentially going to refer some of their um, donors to you so that you can help them take that gift all the way down the field. So that's how I would um, encourage uh, the, the advisors to think about 2021 and charitable giving. Awesome. Great advice, Brenda. Thank you. 
Well, most of us started 2020 with one set of plans for legacy giving. Mm -hmm. And then COVID-19 required most of us to make some abrupt shifts in how we engage with our donors. And it's clear that some of the challenges posed by the pandemic are going to continue to follow us into 2021, yep. uh, perhaps at least for the first half of the year. How do we need to think about our plans to discover, engage, cultivate, and steward donors in this crazy new world that we have found ourselves in? <laughs> yeah, uh, boy, we'd all like it to go away, wouldn't it? Wouldn't we? But it's not going to go away immediately. Uh, and I think just what we've shared today about planning is going to help answer a big part of that question. But I will just, I will just uh, answer that question broadly by saying this. How you and I walk alongside our donors during these days will not be forgotten. And the importance of connecting interpersonally, um, especially with those who are isolated, especially now, these weeks at the end of the year when families are not going to be together, this is the way that you cultivate relationship and trust by being the person who is on the phone to just be with them and to connect with them. Um, it's the importance of connecting with those who are accompanying those aging parents through the crisis of their isolation, through their health concerns, who will remember when you reach out simply to be a human being with them. And so to me, job number one, while we're in this strange land, is the relational piece of our work, the cultivating of trust, the walking alongside our donors. They will not forget it. Great, Brenda, thank you so much. That's, uh, again, like so much of, of what you've already given us, really great insight, and, and I appreciate it. And one other thought, you know, related to the pandemic here is I know that you and other consultants are uh, offering some free consultation time to those that would like some help navigating uh, these uncharted waters. And I thought maybe, would you just let us know if anyone's listening and they want to get in touch with you for some of that uh, consultation, how would they reach out to you? I'd love it. I'm an extrovert and it makes me crazy not to have these kinds of conversations. And so I would love to have those conversations with people. Um, it's easy. You can go to my website. It is simply Brenda Moore, one word, B-R-E-N-D-A-M-O-O-R-E, uh, dot O-R-G. And the first things you'll see is a button that will let you schedule a free consultation. So um, feel free to go in, click the button, find a time that works for you. I'd love to be able to hear um, what your challenges are and be able to help you think about those and just to, again, provide some um, mutual encouragement during this kind of wacky time during our, our lives. Well, Brenda, this has been just a, a, a fantastic conversation. So for our guests uh, here, or our listeners actually, Brenda is coming back as our guest again uh, for our January 26th podcast, where we're going to talk about successfully executing your plan for 2021. So we hope you as our listeners will be able to join us. And one more thing, Brenda, before we go, we always like to ask every guest this last question. What is the best advice you ever received? Hmm. <laughs> of course, as a as a consultant, I'm giving away a lot of advice, but um, but I have certainly learned more from 
um, great advice from others. I think one of the best pieces of advice that has served me really well during COVID is this. And it came from a coach that I was lucky to have um, probably 15 years ago now. And he said, wear life like loose fitting clothes. Wear life like loose fitting clothes. And so for me, especially during COVID, well, let's confess some of us wear sweatpants every now and then. Um, I'm learning what that means. It means, um, you know, being more spacious with our time and learning how to embrace the the extra time, the spaciousness of the time. It means um, being more gracious, uh, being more accepting of things that don't go as well as we perfectly plan them to go. And then it also means being less anxious. And especially in these days, there's so much we could be anxious about, but it's about choosing to be hopeful, even in the midst of some difficult times. So my advice to you, Mark and Carl and listeners is um, more spacious, more gracious, less anxious, wear life like loose-fitting clothes. So timely for this time, for, <laughs> for, for, for this time in particular, but great advice really for all of us, not only as fundraisers, but uh, for, for, for all of life. Thank you so much, Brenda. Thank you for, Thank uh, you, Mark. for being Thank our you, guest Carl. here, being our guest here today. And, uh, and, and uh, we are looking forward to having you back for the January 26th podcast. Mm. So for our listeners, uh, that's all folks. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast or follow Leave a Legacy Minnesota on LinkedIn to be notified of our future episodes. Thanks again for joining us, Brenda. We appreciate your sharing your knowledge and experience with us and with our listeners. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we wish you all a happy holiday season. And uh, we look forward to visiting with you again on January 26th. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Legacy of Generosity podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. For show notes and access to other free educational content, visit leavealegacymn.org and click Resource Library. Consider joining us as a member of the Minnesota Gift Planning Association for Networking and Comprehensive Education and connect with us on LinkedIn to share your feedback. Make it a great day.